Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, everyone? I'm Chris from Weekly Games Chat. Along with my co-hosts, Sean and John, we cover the latest video games every Wednesday for your listening pleasure. We also make sure to rant about the latest movies, TV shows, and happenings in the sports world. If you like the show, catch one of our live streams on Twitch, follow us on Twitter, or even take the biggest jump of all and join our community on Discord. All found by simply searching Weekly Games Chat. Until then, I'll simply say game on in your mom's box. This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. Hey, yeah, you. Did you know that Arcast is on Patreon? Go check out patreon.com slash Arcast for ways to help out the show and get some sweet perks in return. It could be something small, such as our $1 tier to show your support. Or join one of our higher tiers to get a shout-out, pick an episode topic, or even be a part of the show as a special guest. Even just sharing our show to your friends goes a long way. Once again, that's patreon.com slash artcast. Thanks for helping us, and keep it retro. What's up, Argonauts? Dave here. I uh, just wanted to give a quick correction. Uh, we do say that this is Arcast Mini number 33 in this episode, but it's actually Arcast Mini number 34. Uh, it's just been a long holiday. What can I say? So uh, with that said, please enjoy. What's up, Argonauts, and welcome to another Retro Gaming Podcast. This is Arcast Mini, number 33, and I am your host, David Gilton, and with me is the man from Denver, Robert Workman. In the year 2000. <laughs> Conan O'Brien, is that you? <laughs> back, in, back in the good old days when the show wasn't a half hour long. Yes, yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we're talking about uh, the best games of the 2000s, guys. Nice way to roll into the... 2020 i figure so uh we have a bunch of great guests with us tonight david a bunch of our returning friends uh who have decided to join us here uh first off uh from boston bash brigade evan borgal is back hey konnichiwa on my bashes and wenches it's great to be back on the show and man can you believe that the game awards they announced sunset riders 2 wow don't do that to me <laughs> don't don't do that to me don't you don't it. you take me to that wow. place, Evan. don't you take me there yeah. I also heard they announced Dixie Kong and Smash finally. Yeah. Whoa. Finally. Oh no, 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 no. She she's height that's a costume from Master Chief. That's how it works. <laughs> that smarmy voice that you hear is of course Ash Paulson making his return there. What's up, Ash? Hello there. Thank you all for having me back. As always, I love being here, and I'm already uh, warmed up for discussing the games of the decade because we've been doing our stuff for Game Explain as well. So it's uh, I'm already in the mindset. And also with us is the otaku man himself, Andre Tipton. What's up there, Andre? Well, thank you for having me back. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> is he a game show? Host? What a wonderful day! Tell him what he won, Johnny. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> I'm the illegitimate son of Don Pardo. No. Uh, 
Um, oh, man. Johnny Arcade over here. Yeah. <laughs> what did he win? He won a restraining order. You get a year supply of rice roni the San Francisco tree. I really, I don't know what he's drinking, uh, but I, I want to show you. <laughs> right. Uh, so this Arcast Mini, we are celebrating our favorite games of the 2000s, and I figure we'll get into like the most important games of the 2000s as well. So basically going from the year 2000 to 2009. Uh, so let's jump right into it, uh, starting off with the year 2000, uh, in the year 2000, if you will. So uh, some of the more important games, just going through like a list here, uh, there's Counter-Strike, Diablo 2, Deus Ex, The Sims, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2, The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask, uh, Perfect Dark, and um, yeah, it was like the first Hitman game. Uh, so so many more here. So um, I figure we can like, um, you know, I'll see if we can come to a consensus or not uh, as far as what you guys think is the most important game of the year 2000. Well, you know, I'll go ahead and kick this off here because I'm stuck deciding between two games here. Um, the first one is Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2. And the reason mm-hmm. I'm stuck on that one is because it evolved the first game so well. It added all the right components, more skateboarders, a great soundtrack, uh, more great features to gameplay, better levels, you know, secret stuff. I mean, everything about it really hit all the high notes as far as how a sequel should be. But then on the flip side of that, we have one of the best games of the Dreamcast generation. That is Jet Set Radio. Uh, just everything about that game is unique and fun. The visuals are spectacular with the cell shading. The music, of course, stands out in its own right. And the gameplay is a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, I mean, between the two, it's it's hard to pick one. You know, and I know we have other games out there like Deus Ex and Diablo 2. But I have to decide between the skaters. <laughs> you understand the difficulty there. It's just a lot of it. Sure. <laughs> But these are like your own personal favorites, though. So I mean, like as far as like what's like the most like important title of the year. I mean, do you know like which one that you go? I for? mean, they they are both important. Like I said, you know, Tony Hawk defined how a sequel should be, while Jet Grind Radio really gave that unique flair to the Dreamcast, along with many of its other games. So I, I would like to think they both stand out, besides being personal favorites. But I mean, there are others as well. We could talk about Time Splitters. You know, that's a really good sure. one when it comes to evolving first-person shooters. Um, you know, Mario Tennis was amazing for its multiplayer. And of course, sure. Final Fantasy IX, I think, kind of helped the series grow into a more comfortable level. You know, I don't know how many people... Final Fantasy IX was definitely a favorite for, like, a lot of people, for yeah, sure. Um, but, I mean, like, I'm thinking, like, in terms of, like, you know, in terms of, like, the most important games, I mean, like, these aren't, like, my favorites by far, but, I mean, uh, certainly, like, The Sims and Counter-Strike, those are kind of, like, the two games I'm kind of, like, flip-flopping on a little bit here. Because, like, The Sims, like, basically, like, defined, like, as far as, like, what, you know, as far as, like, a life simulator game should be, basically, for, like, a lot of people. And it certainly brought on uh, a lot more people, like, on board into, like, the gaming world. Uh, certainly with like a you know like a large um, you know large female audience right. um and also like with you know with like counter-strike i mean with, with like the counter-strike franchise i mean that is like so huge even today i mean with like csgo and all that um it's like such a huge franchise and also the fact that it did start off as a mod for half-life um and, you know and, and turn into this like huge franchise i mean like that's you know yeah. I, th- I think that says something in that I regard mean, we could all say something important like that but by the same token i mean there are certain things that stand up for certain audiences for instance i mean there's not gonna be a fighting fan out there that doesn't talk about how amazing marvel versus capcom 2 was for the genre just about you know that's mm-hmm. another yeah. big 2000 release but end up about me and david bickering uh, let's let's hear from our guests here <laughs> in regards to what they think we'll start out we'll start with you evan so for me, it has to be WWF No Mercy for the best game of 2000. For me, that was like the best 
pro wrestling game ever created from the create your own pay-per-view aspect to actually being able to wrestle as Andre the Giant to the freaking hell in the cell. The first time you can <laughs> actually wrestle in hell in a cell. An amazing career mode. The create your character mode was just amazing. And to this day, it, I have not played a pro wrestling game that was as good as WWF No Mercy. I'll say it was like right after that when like the quality of those games slowly started taking a bit of a nosedive. Would you say that that's like one of the more like important titles of like the year, or like the the, the most important title of the year, actually? Uh, I would well important for me. I was really big into the pro wrestling and WWF way back when. So when mm-hmm. I think of all the games that I played constantly around that time, WWF No Mercy took up maybe ninety five percent of my uh, Nintendo sixty four time. All right, how about you there, Ash? Uh, well, I don't think we can discount just how both fantastic and important uh, Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask was. I mean, this is a, a fan-favorite Zelda game. It's not necessarily my favorite, but it forever changed the course of the series in terms of what was possible, in terms mm. of how dark things could get, and things where I think would only get darker from there in games like The Wind Waker. But you can see its its inspirations from Link's Awakening in the sense that it's kind of a weird Twin Peaksy type, like, <laughs> Here's what you think you recognize, but it, everything's just a little slightly off. And that game was amazing. But I do want to point out that 2000 was a fantastic year for JRPGs. We already mentioned Final Fantasy IX, which I loved. There's also Grandia 2 for the Dreamcast toward the end of the year, yeah. which is one of my favorite JRPGs ever. There's also Skies of Arcadia, which speaks for itself. But the one that I'm surprised you guys didn't mention uh, you know, so far, Chrono Cross. That's probably oh, my favorite Cross. game. Yeah, <laughs> David didn't say a word. Year. Wait a minute, what? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not saying that it's necessarily the most important game of the year, but as you know, someone whose favorite game of all time is Chrono Trigger, I counted down the, the, the days to that game for months and months and months. And when I think 2000, I think Chrono Cross. Fair enough, yeah. Um, I mean, I guess I just kind of like reverse back to me in the sense, I mean, because like, I, you know, I got, I got into like more like uh, more like important games, I feel like for the year. But as far as like my personal favorites, I was actually kind of leaning more on Perfect Dark a bit. Like I really love Perfect Dark a lot, um, especially the fact that you can um, add in like your own multiplayer scenarios uh, with um, uh, with having like AI like characters like on board. Like I remember making a multiplayer scenario based on the Matrix, like with like slow-mo and like actually having like Morpheus and Trinity and they had to fight against and all that. Uh, so it was a lot of fun. Um, since you mentioned with JRPGs, also there, Ash, uh, I have to mention Vagrant Story is certainly one that like a lot of like hardcore RPG fans certainly love. But as far as like my favorite, I think I'm going to go with Evan on this one with No Mercy because yeah. I, I just remember like just loving the ever living crap out of like, those games. And certainly No Mercy was like a big one. And, Thank uh, you. Thank we you. didn't hear from Andre yet. Andre, what do you think? Personal favorites of that year besides Shinmu. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shemin was a big one. The Dreamcast was my baby, so it's like Skies of Arcadia. I mean, Code Veronica. I mean, mm. oh, Code Veronica. Dead or Alive. Okay. Dead or Alive too. Oh my God! It's a tie between Jesse Radio and Shinmu. Those games never existed before they came around. So anything, nothing like those games were around, was around. I mean, they were certainly games that defined the Dreamcast back then for sure. So they were important I mean, in that and regard. They were, and they were genre. They were genre creating. Like Shinmu was its own game. Like it, it, it started out. It started the open world, you know. Even though it really truly wasn't open world, but I mean, it gave the illusion. And Jet Set Radio just everything going for everything. Yeah. You you could not find a mm-hmm. better game. There is one more game I'd like to just sneak in there to put forth. 
uh, because I think it's important in the sense that it uh, it resulted in what may still be the longest running cliffhanger in video games of all time. And I would all like all of us to pour one out for Mega Man Trigger, a.k.a. Mega Man Volnut, who has been stuck on the moon <laughs> since the year 2000. He's almost been on the moon oh, man. for two decades since Mega Man Legends 2 came out. So just wanted to put that out there. All right. All right. Leave it to you to, to, to bring up like, the Mega Man game for sure. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> um, I'll also give like one more mention here to Code Veronica, uh, the Resident Evil game that came to the Dreamcast as well as like the PlayStation 1, I believe. Um, you know, that's, that's certainly a game that still like holds, holds a special place for a lot of people's hearts. Uh, but with that, we'll move on to 2001. This is a, this is a pretty, pretty big year, actually. Uh, so there's Grand Theft Auto 3. Max Payne, Final Fantasy X, Halo Combat Evolved, Devil May Cry, Metal Gear Solid 2, Conker's Bad Fur Day, Silent Hill 2, Super Smash Bros. Melee, and there's like so many more for sure. I was kind of start off here actually, like as far as like most important title, I mean it's it's got to be like a toss up between Grand Theft Auto 3 and Halo, honestly. Uh, but I think I might have to give it to Grand Theft Auto 3 because there's like more of like a mainstream kind of like effect with that game, obviously with how like politicians kind of like attacked it, like how how people kind of view video games and all that like back then. That still resonates today, honestly. So um, yeah, so like, I think I might give the edge of Grand Theft Auto 3 in that case. But as far as like my personal favorite. <sighs> It's it's actually like a bit of a toss up again uh, between Max Payne and Conquer's Bad Fur Day. <laughs> um, my right. I think oh, we're doing sing along. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I think I might have to give the edge to Conquer's Bad Fur Day in this case because the singing certainly won me over <laughs> in that case. Um, but it was also like just like such a weird game in the sense that I was on the N sixty four. You know, the fact that you had this like mature rated game that looked like a like a regular cute mascot platformer uh but obviously they had like the mature rating there was like so much more like involved with it as far as like you know its content and like you know being able to like piss in like a nightclub and like you know vomiting and like all this crazy stuff that went on all the movie references as well um it was just like it was just unlike any other game like it before honestly so uh, i think i might have to give the edge to that for my personal favorite well i think for personal favorite i'm tied between conquer's bad fur day and twisted metal black because twisted metal black <sighs> really brought the series in a whole new mature level I mean, just unbelievably action-packed, well-produced, beautiful, fun game to play. And all the characters actually had meaning this time around. So it was absolutely well done. But, I mean, if I'm going to pick, like, an influential title for 2001, I'm tied between... I want to say... Well, see, you already said Grand Theft Auto 3, so I'm trying to pick something different. I'm going to say Max Payne. Okay. And I'm also going to say Star Wars Rogue Squadron because that set a new standard for Star Wars games when it came out. I actually remember being in the LucasArts suite, uh, playing at E3 and everything like that. And I swear George Lucas was behind me. Hey, it is a good game. You know, and just walked off. Maybe, <laughs> it might not have been him, but it, I, I'm kind of wishing it was. I don't know. I just, I really enjoyed how that Star Wars game captured the flair of the series. And it was so much fun to play oh, over yeah. the original Rogue Squadron. So Ooh, those are my two picks right yeah. there. Yeah. All right. Evan, next. Uh, for me, it's a toss-up between Grand Theft Auto 3 and Max Payne because both titles truly revolutionized what you could accomplish within video games. But after thinking it over, Max Payne, like, they invent, they brought bullet time to the video game realm and gave us an opportunity to see stuff in a way that we could only have seen in, like, movies like The Matrix. Not to mention that noir storytelling Oh, still one of like the best stories I have ever heard being told within a video game. So it was unique for games back then, for sure. 
it was very unique. As as much as I know for a fact that they played more Grand Theft Auto Three than Max Payne, because you know Max Payne is more linear, whereas Grand Theft Auto Three is open world. I have to give it to Max Payne because I feel like that was the title that just truly brought in that whole. You could tell a very mature story in a mature video game. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, how about you, there, Ash? Um, I I think we have to really talk about Metal Gear Solid 2 in terms of being incredibly impactful on the industry, just because that game subverted everything we thought we knew about video game marketing and how a game is marketed to its audience. Yeah. And, you know, we all <laughs> Lies. know that E3 trailer, right? <laughs> Lies, exactly. You know, no one had ever done something like that before. Like, Kojima, he's a psycho. And I love that. <laughs> I'd probably have a bad compliment ever. You know, we you know that guy's a complete psycho. Can we clip that? Or? That guy's a complete <laughs> the most, psycho. The most adorable yeah, psycho. psycho. Yeah. He's a psycho. We're going to clip that. I still remember <laughs> standing at E3 that year watching the Metal Gear Solid 2 trailer with, as we all know, Snake uh, in the big show shell like we had no idea of Raiden at that point and then the big bait and switch you know Raiden happened and mm-hmm. so I think that was incredibly impactful yeah I mean the trailer was practically so watched right I mean I remember it not being at the show and yeah. still winning like game of the show if I recall correctly yeah <laughs> that's right yeah. yeah exactly um I also think that even though I personally don't think it's aged well at all and I hate the community sometimes we have to mention Super Smash Brothers Melee uh because that you know that that game has somehow persisted be you know through all the the future smashes that all sold better than it but it still maintains even now it's hardcore following among the smash community and i think it had a tremendous impact on on what fighting games could be mm-hmm. um but in terms of my personal favorites uh, it comes down to final fantasy 10 which is also one of my one pretty pretty much my favorite final fantasy of all time actually uh final fantasy 10 was brilliant i think and then a so underplayed, such a beautiful platformer, Clonoa 2, Lunatea's Veil. Uh, yep. Oh, yes, so yes, yes. So few people played Clonoa, and it's a crime because it is one of the best 2D platforming series I have ever played. And just nobody knows about it. Well, you know, I, I don't do. know if it's because Bandai Namco. Yeah, Robert's a big Sorry, fan, I know. I yeah. Amazing, yeah. <laughs> I know, I'm, I'm oh, so I glad because yeah. these games are, the Clonoa games are so special. Uh, and of course, as is, as is expected of me, I have to turn my attention to the Game Boy Advance for one second because uh, that is, this is the year that Mega Man Battle Network debuted <laughs> and brought, <laughs> and brought like the theme, Blue Bomber into a completely new genre. And I, I only say that because I really like the, ser- the series a lot. I played all six uh, and it proved that Mega Man could work in a non-platforming uh, context. It's an it's a turn based, card based RPG essentially. So there you go. Very cool. All right, Andre. Castlevania: Sword of the Moon for the Game Boy Advance. I also have Clonoa Two on. Metal Gear Solid Two. Also Halo. I had to get Jack and Daxter in there. Eco. Oh, Eco, um, right. The game that actually impacted me most for two thousand one, and that's the reason I bought my GameCube was Pikmin. Mm, Pikmin, yeah. I have to give an honorable mention to Eternal Darkness. Mm. Oh, yeah, Eternal Darkness. Oh, no, that's next right. I played it. I played it in 2001. That's why I got excited about it. Oh, okay. I gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I wasn't sure which year that was exactly. So, um, I'll give some honorable, some honorable mentions also to SSX Tricky. Uh, so that's probably like my favorite SSX game uh, out of the franchise. I just remember playing like a whole crap ton of that game. So it was just like a lot of fun for sure. So that's going to lead us now to 2002, uh, which has games like Grand Theft Auto Vice City, Metroid Prime. Kingdom Hearts, uh, Hitman 2, Super Mario Sunshine, the first Ratchet and Clank, uh, let's see, Warcraft 3, the first Splinter Cell game as well. 
uh, and Morrowind. And oh, and that's the one that has Eternal Darkness in it, actually. Yeah, so Eternal Darkness is a 2002 game. Um, and yeah, so I think Resident Evil Zero as well for the GameCube. That was part of that year. Um, so most important game of this year. Hmm. Yeah, I think pers- personally there, there's a tie for me again. I don't know why it's just hard to really just pick one title. Actually, it's a three-way tie. Uh, the first one's going to be for Grand Theft Auto Vice City because yep. it managed to evolve, you know, the series into something greater with its 80s soundtrack and its all-star cast. I mean, this is probably one of Ray Liotta's best roles since Goodfellas. I really <laughs> enjoyed the hell out of this game. Uh, the second one is Metroid Prime. This is one of those games, I believe this is one of the first games in the game industry which people began hating on because it wasn't, you know, the classic Metroid style. And, you know, this was back in the internet before it became the internet so people were mad at the game and everything but now i mean it turned into an all-out classic and now people want metroid prime 4 so you know i mean it makes sense that it would stand the test of time and you know now we want metroid prime trilogy myself included on switch yeah please and thank you and the third game this is gonna be a surprise out of the field bar i'm gonna say sly cooper and the thievius raccoonus Oh, amazing platformer and really defined uh, the PlayStation 2 right behind Jack and Daxter. Uh, just very well done character work. Gameplay is a lot of fun. And it really brought us this great studio at Sucker Punch, who, by the way, uh, just got focused with their Ghost of Tsushima presentation at the Game Awards. Mm-hmm. So they've come yep. a long way as well over the last 18 years. It, it's been really impressive. So I think those are the most important games. But obviously, some people will think that Eternal Darkness stands out because of the way its storytelling goes. Like, don't you dare delete my GameCube memory card. <laughs> those fourth wall breaking moments were like amazing in that game for sure. Yeah. And um, I like, I think for me, I mean like personal favor would certainly go to vice city, but I think as far as like most important, I mean like for me, it's kind of like a two way tie between Metroid prime and kingdom hearts actually. Cause kingdom hearts well, kingdom is like, hearts is a good one too. Yeah. I mean with kingdom hearts, I was kind of like important with like the fact that you had like this union of square Enix and Disney together. And that's just, like, just seemed like it just, wouldn't work or mesh all that well, but it ended up just becoming like a huge franchise uh, for both companies, you know? Um, although I think I might give the edge to Metroid Prime a bit because it really redefined what a Metroid game could be because otherwise we've seen like with, with, um, with Super Metroid and like, you know, the original Metroid and like all that. So, you know, with, 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 um, with like the side-scrolling, like um, you know, the side-scrolling gameplay and all that. Uh, but with like Metroid Prime, obviously it brought it to like a first-person shooter space and it ended up, you know, being like a huge success. Uh, certainly beloved like to this day, uh, you know, as Robert said with, you know, with Metroid Prime 4 being highly anticipated, I should say. So, uh, yeah, I mean, like I think I might give the edge of Metroid Prime as far as like most important of that year. Uh, so, Evan, what would you say for most uh, for most important of the year, but also for your personal favorite? Well, that would be both. I and mean, that has to be Grand Theft Auto Vice City, because what Robert had said that this game evolved, uh, this game helped evolve the series. It was a very Hollywood tale. It was the closest we had ever gotten to playing Scarface, a video game before they actually made a Scarface video game. Yeah, I mean, it lifted the story directly from the movie in that case, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, and, you know, great acting from Ray Liotta, some fantastic quests. The gameplay all in all was phenomenal. Uh, that's the game that I spent most of 2002 playing, so I gotta give it to Vice City for that. All right, and Ash? Uh, so for me, 2002 was a an impactful year for me personally, because it's one of the first years that really got me into rhythm games, and as you guys may know, I'm a huge rhythm game fan, especially Japanese rhythm games, and we had games like Rez. Good oh, Lord. Yeah, Rez is, is great. Best yeah. games of all time still. 
there's Rez, there's Guitar Man, which oh yes, <laughs> oh my god, oh. Guitar Man, right? Yeah. Exactly, and there's Parappa the Rapper too, which I think is is great as well. Um, so I have to give 2002 credit for really bringing rhythm games, uh, you know, into not the mainstream, but making them more visible. Um, however, I'm kind of with you, um, David, that I, I'm having a hard time choosing between Kingdom Hearts and Metroid Prime. Kingdom Hearts was hugely impactful for me. I just fell in love with the series immediately, fell in love with Sora, the whole idea of a crossover between Square Enix and Disney. And, you know, I think it's it must be stated that it, it's impactful in the sense that it may be one of the most, like, one of the longest-running continuities in all of video yeah. games. This started in 2000. When we just got Kingdom Hearts 3 now. And some of the most confusing continuities out there as well. <laughs> exactly. And it's still going on. We got Kingdom Hearts 3 Remind coming next, and then I'm sure there'll be another game. So it keeps going. And I got to give, uh, you know, I got to give give Square Enix credit for, I know people like to make fun of it. It's like really confusing, but it's really not if you double down on really like just trying to just learn the basics about the story. Um, but I think I'm going to have to go with Metroid Prime mm-hmm. because as as it has already been said, it, it proved that even what looks on the outside to be a completely horrible development situation, this was a completely untested developer in Texas. They were a, a Texas-based, completely untested American developer. I like how you say that. It's like, now, in course, Texas of all places. Texas? Metroid came from Texas? What? Exactly. That was part of the narrative at the time. Like, what the hell is a, you know is this nobody developer in Texas going to do for Metroid? Now, of course, they were assisted by Miyamoto and they, and they had, we were closely supervised, but that game blew everyone's pants off. It was just incredible the way it was able to translate the atmosphere and even the platforming of Metroid of 2d Metroid into 3d. But speaking of 2d, I think we also have to remind, uh, re- remember that Metroid fusion came out alongside yep. Metroid. Oh, that's right. that was a good one. And I think it still stands as one of the best 2d Metroid. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to get, I'm going to, you guys are going to laugh at me for this, but I got to say, Mega Man, Mega Man zero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Of course. We might as well just at this point series. ask so, Ash, like, yeah. what was your favorite Mega Man game of this year? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. Well, What's the Mega Man choice of this almost year? Over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's almost over in terms of new series being introduced. I'm not going to mention all this. Uh, <laughs> all right. Fair enough. Uh, Nandre. Panzer Dragon Orta. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Super Mario Sunshine was the most impactful game for me that year. Well, I'm surprised that no one mentioned most important title being BMX Triple X. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, man, I forgot about that. You want biking in titties? Here you yeah. go. <laughs> there you Who go. doesn't ride bikes topless? Come on. Head to the go-go, baby. Uh, so going into 2003 now, uh, we got games like Call of Duty, uh, Tony Hawk's Underground, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. Uh, Max Payne 2, Beyond Good and Evil, The Simpsons Hit and Run. Uh, there was Manhunt, which I'm currently playing right now. <laughs> um, and Devil May Cry 2. Uh, not really the strongest year, I think, overall. Um, if I had to think like for most important title, I mean, I think it has to be Call of Duty, just because it sparked like, the franchise, and that's still like a mega franchise to this day. So I think that has to, you know that that goes without saying in that case. Um, as far as my my personal favorite though, it has to be Kotor. Knights of the Old Republic, uh, just because, um, I mean, that's, I mean, like, you know, I'm not really a big Star Wars fan myself. Like, I'm kind of like a lukewarm fan of, of the franchise, but Knights of the Old Republic by far is my favorite game that's based on the Star Wars license. And uh, it, it just handled that, like, super well. And still, I think, one of the best, like, reveals of any game to this day. Like, it is just, a, you know, an amazing reveal, like, at, you know, at the end, as far as, like, who Darth Revan is and all that stuff. It was just really, really well done. It was a masterclass in that case. 
Uh, Robert, how about you? Um, personal favorites, I'm going to go with Beyond Good and Evil because I think it was an amazing new franchise that we're finally going to get a sequel for one of these days. Mm-hmm. The Simpsons Hit and Run, which was an amazing way to meld a franchise with a crazy taxi-like formula, which I thought was really good. And, of course, uh, got to give a shout-out to Beautiful Joe, because we just talked about that the other day, and it's still an amazing action game. But as far as important titles, I think one that stands out is F-Zero GX, because, number one, it evolved the franchise to new heights, with beautiful visuals, great music, uh, fun gameplay, a lot of challenge. And on top of that, it kind of brought together Sega and Nintendo because, you know, AM2 developed the game and they previously worked on the Daytona USA racing games. So it was kind of the beginning of of that bridge that would obviously get, you know, lead to like Mario and Sonic pairing up and everything. And then Sonic all of a sudden and, you know, Smash Brothers and all that stuff. But I'd like to think this was a quintessential step and watching companies form together and work together. Because we're starting to see that even this day. You know, we just found out that, like, MLB The Show is going to come to Xbox One and Nintendo Switch. And that used to be, for the longest time, Sony exclusive. You know, yeah, and, um, that's crazy news. I, I know. It's madness, like, how many companies are cooperating now instead of being cutthroat like they were back in the 90s. So I like to think F-Zero GX is kind of a step forward in companies working together instead of, you know, trying to kill each other. Right, right. All right, Evan. So... Yeah, there's a couple on here that would have to do for honorable mentions. Tony Hawk Underground, of course, being the next uh, the next step in the right direction for the Tony Hawk franchise. Simpsons Hit and Run, where Simpsons basically... I, it's weird that you said Crazy Taxi, Robert, because that was more of a Simpsons mm. road rage. Hit and Run was them doing the grind. Oh, right. Yeah. Right, but I did still like the, the open world approach. You're right, though. I mean, I, I, it's easy to get them confused, although I do like Hit and Run better. Yes, um, but honestly... It has to go with Wind Waker because when 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 Wind Waker was being revealed and everything, people were bitching about it. People were yeah. complaining, oh, "It looks like a cartoon. <laughs> I can't take this seriously." You sound uh, like an angry Pee Wee Herman right now, and I can't believe it looks like this. <laughs> but then the game actually came out in a blew everybody away. Mm. I think this was like at the beginning of Nintendo's Twilight, though. I, I think it just go to show, like no matter what formula they went with, they spun it into gold. It's kind of like what they just did with Link's Awakening, the remake. I mean, yep. it's an awesome action game, but it's so fucking cute. <laughs> That's true, too. That's true, too. So I have to go with Wind Waker for my pick. All right. Sounds good. And is that your pick for most important or for your personal favorite? I would definitely both? say most important because, like Robert said, this was the point where like Nintendo proved they could do anything they wanted and it would just bring gold. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, all right, Ash. Uh, I mean, I'm just going to go straight out. There's no mystery. The Wind Waker is my favorite game of this year. It's not even close. And I also do think it's one of the most important titles as well uh, because it proved that Nintendo could make something that look cute. But but despite that, it make it also what I would still say is the darkest Zelda of all time, like even surpassing Majora's Mask, definitely oh. surpassing Twilight Princess. Because like I like to call Twilight Princess Hot Topic Dark. But <laughs> the Wind Waker is like serious business dark. Like it's a, it's a post-apocalyptic Zelda and, and with a cute art style that's crazy. I also want to shout out uh, Final Fantasy X-2 because this was the first ever direct sequel to a Final Fantasy game. I know a lot of people didn't like it. I actually really loved it. So um, that is definitely a game that stands out to me. However, this was an important year to be a Nintendo fan. Nintendo killed it this year. You had Pokemon uh, Ruby and Sapphire, which was my favorite Pokemon game still, I think the debut of the WarioWare series, 
and the first ever, well, actually, and the debut of the Mario and Luigi series with Superstar Saga, but also I think the first ever debut of Fire Emblem in the U.S. or in the West, which is huge because look at what Fire Emblem has become. It's now one of Nintendo's top series. And this is where it all started yeah. out, uh, in the West. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. But I have to also say, taking it away uh, from Nintendo for a bit, this game, uh, this year also lays claim to my favorite survival horror game of all time, and that's Silent Hill 3. Fantastic. Oh, for a minute there, I thought you were going to say Mega Man Zero. I thought you were going to say Mega Man Zero 2 for a minute there. No, I wasn't. You know, Play survival horror, Mega Man. <laughs> I'm going to break my promise. This was the year that the worst Mega Man game of all time came out, and one of the worst games of all time came out, Mega Man X7 game is trash and if you oh you yeah know. <laughs> i played it on switch you're right yeah you're right. <laughs> there you go all right andre kotor and wind waker f-zero beautiful joe of course crimson skies mm, crimson skies good one, yeah. good one good one that's one of my favorite games that year uh beautiful joe i own every beautiful joe game ever made I still play them. It's a great franchise, honestly. Uh, it needs to come back in the worst way, for sure. And um, I'll just give like an honorable mention here real quick also to NBA Street Volume 2. I just remember playing the ever-living crap out of that game back in college. Uh, you know, I have a lot of inside jokes with that game with personal friends of mine, and um, they still hold true today, for sure. So uh, I think the NBA Street franchise needs to come back in the worst way as well. So now going into 2004, uh, we got World of Warcraft, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, Half-Life 2, Halo 2, uh, the first Far Cry game, the first Fable game, Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake uh, Snake Eater, um, and what else? The Chronicles of Riddick, uh, Jack 3, uh, Def Jam Fight for New York was pretty big as well. The Sims 2 came out that year. Knights of the, of the Old Republic 2 came out that year. Uh, this is a very, very strong year, just, you know, just going by those titles alone. I'll start off with my personal favorite first, and that has to be Snake Eater, I think. Uh, Snake Eater, I just absolutely adore. It's my favorite Metal Gear game of all time. Uh, I just love like the way that the um, that you know that the, the camouflage system is used, like for like you know for like the stealth mechanics, uh, the fact that you have to like treat your injuries, and also like you know like the way they have to like keep yourself nourished as well. Uh, you know that was all, you know that was like a you know, big part of like the gameplay, and um, yeah, it was just really cool, and it was just it was just really neat also to have like that prequel story too uh, with everything else that happened in the Middle Gear franchise. Um, as far as like most important. And yeah, I think I might have to give the World of Warcraft. It's kind of edging out like San Andreas and Half Life Two here. Uh, World of Warcraft, I mean, like, is still huge today, honestly. And um, you know, the fact that that's the case, I mean, it's the testament of time, really, in, in this case. So I think it has to go to World of Warcraft for most important in two thousand four. Uh, how about you, there, Robert? Personal favorite, Burnout Three Takedown. One of the best racing games of all time. Very competitive. A lot of fun to play. Keep wanting a remastered version. Hurry the hell up, EA, please. And thank you. <laughs> and also Paper Mario, The Thousand Year Door. I think it did a great job evolving the franchise past the original Nintendo 64 game. Great story. Need an HD version of that. Hurry the hell up, Nintendo. Thank you. Um, <laughs> as far as important games, there are three that stand up for me. The first is Star Wars Battlefront. The original from the uh, Xbox and obviously PC days. Um, very cool multiplayer evolved the features that we wanted to obviously battlefront 2 would be better but this got the series off to a good start in terms of introducing a multiplayer factor and i think a lot of people remember the good old days of battlefront compared to battlefront 2 and whatever it became but although i it's not bad but i mean we remember the glory days when pandemic ran the franchise Mm. um the second game is espn nfl 2k5 
This really revolutionized like football video games so much that EA had to step in and buy ESPN and an exclusive NFL license to win. They yeah. cheated to win <laughs> because this game came out for 20 bucks and it delivered the best football experience, one of the best football game experiences of all time. So would and you call still- EA the New England Patriots of yes. football video games? Yes, without, <laughs> without, without question, and I'm sorry you're going to be butthurt about it. But, uh, and then the third title, a surprise, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. Um, once again, moving the series forward with a number of new features, a great new storyline and voice cast. I mean, Samuel Jackson killed it in this game. He friggin' killed it. You know, as if he wasn't a great enough actor as if, and then he jumped in and be like, what's up, motherfucker? Yeah, that's yeah, it's Samuel Jackson. <laughs> and on top of that, being able to lose and gain weight. Like, I'm not good on a treadmill. I'm eating all the chicken and stealing all the cars. That's what I'm doing. So, <laughs> that's what I'm doing. I sounded awful, I know, but I, not in real life, by the way, just in the game. Of course. Although of course. some some would also say Halo 2 was influential because it moved past the first game and it introduced multiplayer. So. I mean, Halo 2 was kind of mired by that ending. I feel like that's that's kind of like what r- really drops it off for me. But you know, yeah, but game, then right? you had the multiplayer and a lot of people remember that being an influential part as well. So you have to balance sure. it out. Sure. Okay. Evan? So for me, I feel like 2004 was when uh, the Game Boy Advance got the very best action game of its entire lifespan. And that was Sega and Treasures, Astro Boy Omega Factor. Ooh, yes, good point. Oh, you pick, yes. pick, pick. So with that game, not only was it an amazing action title, but it was a true love letter to Osama Tezuka because not only did it feature characters from Astro Boy, you had Kit Led. Blackjack, The Amazing Three, King of the White Lion, basically every single character that Osama Tezuka created was in that game. And the story that it told was just the best Astro Boy story you could ever imagine uh, for anything, whether it be a game, for a movie, for even, even the anime itself. I still have very fond memories of playing that game back and forth, not to mention the replay value, because you play the game the first time around, and you get this really freaky very scary very sad ending but then you find out you have to replay it again to get the true ending and you're jumping around back and forth between all these levels and you're trying to figure out or rather save the world save the gal save the entire galaxy by revisiting places back to back to back to back to back and it's it was unbelievable it really it really wrote the book on how to make a truly replayable game like ghost of goblins all over again in that case yeah <laughs> practically yeah interesting uh all right ash uh well because i just want to piggyback off that in terms of really great action games on the gba uh this year also had uh metroid zero mission which is a, still a fantastic game a great follow-up from FIFA yeah. in terms of remaking the first metroid game and uh, one of my favorite uh, Castlevania games to this day, actually, um, Aria of Sorrow, came out this year, I believe. And I love that game to this day. It's still awesome. Um, but in terms of my favorite games of the year, it comes down to yeah, Snake Eater or The Thousand Year Door. Both are top tier. They're fantastic. I still consider Snake Eater the pinnacle of Kojima's career, as well as the MGS series. Um, it's it's got one of the most one of the most impactful, tragic cry your eyes out ending still to this day oh my god that yeah is. it's just yeah. It's, that it's, last boss fight like in oh. general is just like so well done so well shot and so well oh. executed and the, it's just and, amazing and and the salute at the end i won't yeah the salute yeah oh man um but the thousand year door is still also uh one of my favorite probably actually my favorite mario rpg even ab- even above the original um but uh i do 
I think it was interesting that 2004 saw the um, like so some innovation in multiplayer because this is a game that we got uh, both Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles and Zelda Four Swords Adventures, which it required a lot of hardware. But if you could get four people together with four GBAs and four link cables, those two games were some of the most fun you could have that year, especially Four Swords Adventures. So I do want to call that out. But in terms of um, the most impactful game, for me personally, I'm going to say it's Katamari Damacy. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. Katamari, yes, yeah, like Katamari showed the Western game industry just how appealing, wacky Japanese games could be. And I think Katamari Damacy, honestly, was the game that opened the floodgates for other really quirky Japanese titles that otherwise I think would have remained in Japan. Um, the last one I want to mention, I don't know if either of you have ever heard of or played the Shadow Heart series. But Shadow Hearts Covenant came out this year, and uh, mm. that's one of my favorite JRPGs of all time to this day. Definitely, we should give a shout out to Mega Man Anniversary Collection as well because that was actually a fun collection. Not the GameCube version though, because the GameCube version inexplicably switched A and B, so you had to press. Well, yeah, but I mean the jump. PlayStation Two and Xbox ones. We all did. sure. I mean, come on, totally. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. How about you, there, Andre? San Andreas, but not three. Ninja Gaiden. Ninja Gaiden, that's right, yeah, on the OG Xbox, it was really, really good. Uh, so we'll jump into 2005 now uh, with games like Resident Evil 4, God of War, Call of Duty 2, uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2, uh, Splinter Cell Chaos Theory, which is personally my favorite Splinter Cell game of all time, uh, Psychonauts, Shadow of the Colossus was also huge, uh, what else here, um... See, Fahrenheit basically introduced us to David Cage. <laughs> uh, Burnout Revenge was very big. The first Guitar Hero, that was really huge. Um, hmm. So I'm thinking now, let me see, most important. You know, I mean, I, I wasn't quite sure until I got to Guitar Hero, but I think I'm going to have to go with Guitar Hero as most important of that year because that really kicked off like, the revolution of like music games like for, you know, especially in the U.S. anyway. Uh, because, I mean, like, obviously there was games like Dance Dance Revolution beforehand and with the music and rhythm genre, like, really kind of picking up steam, but it, it only really hit the mainstream, I feel like, at least here in the in the United States with Guitar Hero. And um, obviously that, like, had, like, a, you know, a whole bunch of sequels. It also spawned Rock Band. Uh, so, yeah, there's, like, a lot of, you know, there's a lot of, like, influence with that. As far as I'm my personal favorite, though, I, yeah, I think I'm going to have to go with Chaos Theory. I'm a huge Splinter Cell fan, and that is my favorite Splinter Cell game of all time, so I'm going to have to go with that as far as my personal favorite. All right. Well, for favorite for me is the Incredible Hulk Ultimate Destruction. Uh, really made you feel like the Hulk, whether you got like a, you know, a car for boxing gloves or if you're throwing cars <laughs> at helicopters. I mean, it just made it feel like a true comic book game. I'm and a simple man. If you like allow me to use cars as boxing gloves, then I'm all in. <laughs> I'm in. Um, also, I was really a fan of uh, Time Splitter's Future Perfect. I think that evolved the franchise very nicely, and I'd love to see that game come back. But as far as... um. Titles that really were important for the year. Guitar Hero definitely stands out. And also I want to give a shout out to God of War, the original, which is an amazing action game. Continues to be after all these years. But if we are going to point out one influential title, I'm going to say Resident Evil 4. This game pushed the, the series forward in all the right ways possible. The story was terrific. The gameplay was really awesome. Uh, you know, yeah, the president's daughter was useless. But, you know, <laughs> but good God, the character work and everything like that. I mean, you know, it was just 
really well done. And these, this day, you know, everybody's like, hey, we want a Resident Evil 4 remaster, and we might just get it the way they're selling. So, you know, yeah, yeah I absolutely thought Resident Evil 4 was a stand-up. Although I will give a shout-out also to Shadow of the Colossus. I think this was a great pu- push forward for Team Eco, and obviously, you know, it influenced Bluepoint enough to give us a great remake. So, you know, that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a game that stands out as well. And Psychonauts, too. Why not? Yeah, and Shadow of the Colossus too, if you remember, uh, was in that Adam Sandler movie Rain Over Me, so at least it has that yeah. mainstream appeal in that sense anyway. So. Uh, I didn't see it, so I can't say. Sorry. Okay, we got to check it out for sure. Um, so, Evan, how about you, 2005? Well, I do have to agree with um, with Robert about Resident Evil 4. That was the game that just really was the true evolution of what you can do with Resident Evil. However, if you want to talk about my absolute favorite of 2005, that has to be... MVP Baseball 2005, <laughs> the last unbelievably great baseball game that had ever been made. It had an amazing career mode, a franchise mode, and not to mention one of the best soundtracks in any sports video game with artists like And You Know Us by the Trail of Dead, The Bravery, Hot Hot Heat, and one of my all-time favorite rock bands who just announced they are going to be releasing their first new album of 12 years, Louis the Fourteenth. On top of that, an amazing roster that you had in this game. And all in all, it had some of the best controls when it came to playing baseball. I mean, I know a lot of people will like talk about praise with MLB The Show and whatnot, but honestly, like of all the MLB The Show games, I cannot control those titles for the to, to, to save my life. MVP Baseball 2005 for me was the last great baseball title to ever come out and it makes me wish that despite the fact that um uh, despite the fact that ea sports can is isn't as good as it used to be it makes me sometimes wish that they still had the baseball license mm, for sure for sure all right ash 2005 all right, well, I, just to open, I think it's pretty, to me, it's pretty much impossible to argue against Resident Evil 4 as being the most impactful game of the year. I mean, it, it completely changed what what you thought a Resident Evil game could be and really revolutionized 3D action games in general. Mm-hmm. That over-the-shoulder view, the way, I mean, that brilliant opening with the, the, the Ganados in the in the village and how you, it's so claustrophobic and it's so scary. With like the chainsaw guys, too? That was just like insane. Guys, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it may not have been personally my favorite game of the year, but I think it's it's the most impactful. Um, my personal favorite, though, is actually it's probably Ridge Racer Six uh, because this is the mm, game yes. that got me into Ridge Racer. Period, and Ridge Racer to this day is still my favorite arcade racing series, really just racing series ever, even above Mario Kart. I adore this series, and it is a crime that Bandai Namco has not released one in a, a, a proper Ridge Racer game in so many years. Uh, so. I remember endless, endless late nights spent on Xbox Live. Of course, that was the early days of Xbox 360, uh, playing Ridge Racer 6 with strangers, you know, and that was probably one of the few ever positive examples I've had of of positive online gaming, yeah. <laughs> playing with other people <laughs> online. So um, that's my favorite. Um, I do want to uh, call out a couple of series that debuted this year that uh, were really cool because they were about saving people, not necessarily defeating enemies. And those are the Ace Attorney series, the DS versions at least, and the Trauma Center series, both of which I really love. Uh, Trauma Center specifically is about saving lives rather than taking them, which at the time was pretty novel for for video games, I would say. Um, this also had my favorite ever Mario Kart game still, which is Mario Kart DS, because I was really good at snaking and I just piss everybody off. <laughs> so that was a lot of fun. 
Um, and then I also uh, want to call out uh, Street Fighter Three Third Strike because it is my Ooh, yeah. yeah. Third Strike came out this, this year. This yeah. game still has the best pixel animation of all time. Yeah. Period. It is. It's such a joy to look at being played. And uh, on the other end of that, we also have one of the worst sequels ever to one of the you know to a really great game, Musashi Samurai Legend. What happened there? <laughs> what happened? Great Fencer Musashi was so good, and then Musashi Two comes out, and it's just it's crappy. Yeah. (laughs) Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, All right, Andre. I'm going to say this was when uh, the DS was like everywhere with me. So Mario Kart DS is still, I agree, one of the best Mario Karts ever. Also, it was the debut of Castlevania for the DS, Don't Sorrow. The most impactful game of that year for me was God of War. God of War, yeah. Um, it It was one of my favorite games ever. I really enjoyed one of my favorite games that I played the, the probably most of that year was Meteos for the DS. It's Meteos, you said? Meteos. Oh, Meteos. Okay. But God of War that that changed action games forever. Hello, my name's Richard Moss, and I make a podcast called The Life and Times of Video Games. It's a narrative and documentary style show about games history and how the medium has evolved over time. Each episode or bonus interview soundbite delves into some aspect of the ups and downs of the industry, or the design, development, and legacy of the best or most interesting games ever made. It's all carefully edited, complete with original music and sound design, and a mix of interviews and deep research. All set up to tell you a great story about the secret worlds behind or within video games. I hope you enjoy the show. And now we'll go into 2006 now uh, with games like The Elder Scrolls IV Oblivion, Call of Duty 3, Bully, uh, Gears of War, Wii Sports, Dead Rising, uh, Final Fantasy XII, and uh, let's see, Twilight Princess was in there as well. Uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance was in there. Uh, Tomb Raider Legend. <laughs> uh, so definitely a lot of games here. Like a pretty fair variety of games. Um, I mean, most impactful. I mean, I think it has to go to Wii Sports. I, I just don't. I can't really think of any other game that had like that much of, a, of an effect on like the masses than that game. Like out of all the years, pretty much. Uh, Wii Sports was just like a phenomenon, pretty much when it came out. Um, but as far as like my personal favorite. I don't know. I mean, I might have to go with Gears of War. It's either going to be Gears of War or um, or Elder Scrolls Oblivion for me, but I think I'm going to have to go with Gears of War. It, it was just, like, such an amazing game as far as, like, introducing the, uh, like, cover-based mechanics, like, in third-person shooters, and so many other games uh, try to, like, ape its style as well, but uh, Gears of War really kind of, like, stands head and shoulders, um, you know, above, like, a lot of them, and, um, yeah, it's just, it's just, like, so much fun, uh, you know, especially if you're doing, like, co-op, like, through, like, the campaign mode. Uh, it's it's really really good. So um, I think I think I'll go with Gears of War for my personal favorite. Uh, Robert, how about you? Um, personal favorite, I'm going to go with Marvel Ultimate Alliance because it did a great job of bringing together all these different characters and a great beat 'em up. Uh, we haven't seen anything along the lines of that since the X Men games, which I thought was were really mm. cool at the time. Um, I will also go ahead and give a shout out to Tomb Raider Legend because this is the first go around for Crystal Dynamics with the franchise, and I think they nailed it after the Angel of Darkness failed so badly that Core Design had to leave. Oh yeah, so yeah, I mean, <laughs> it was great to see that. But as far as Influential titles, there are three that stand out. The first is Okami. Uh, This pushed uh, Clover team, obviously, to new heights and eventually led to the formation of Platinum Games. So that was a very important title. And it's still making the rounds today with HD ports, which is really good. That means Capcom appreciates the game, even though it didn't sell as well as they expected. 
Um, the second game is Bully. Uh, this showed that Rockstar Games was willing to go past like the usual mature rated stuff and actually try something a little bit different. And it did a great job of telling that school life, you know, and, and then I feel like, oh, wait, I'm, I'm getting a girlfriend. Wait, what? I'm a kid. <laughs> I'm a kid. You know, that right. sort of thing. And all these great moments. And it's still a great game to this day. But I think if one game really stands out. It's going to be Wii Sports because it's so adaptable. Anybody can pick up a play. They got it in nursing homes. People were playing bowling <laughs> in nursing homes, in bars, you know. It was everywhere, Every, yeah. Even my mom got into Wii Sports, and my mom doesn't like video games. I mean, you know. <laughs> oh, I can roll the ball. Oh, I got 23. Okay, good score anyway. You know what? Don't, don't listen to them. Anyway, <laughs> but it was just a great game that adapted to a social audience while at the same time also appealing to us. Because, I mean, how many times did we get into a bowling competition and how many asses did I kick in that? You know, so it definitely <laughs> definitely stands out there. All right. How about you there, Evan? One game that keeps coming to mind is a video game that I feel like really broke the curse of uh, very bad movie-to-video games thing- adaptations. And that had to have been The Godfather, the game. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It gave you the opportunity to actually explore the world of the Corleone family. And yeah, it was kind of a bit of a, you know, Grand Theft Auto-esque type of title. There were many aspects of it that was very Grand Theft Auto-esque, but it worked with what the Godfather was and the story that it wanted to tell, or rather uh, retell the story that we all have come to love from the original movie. I mean, this was like the year of like Grand Theft Auto clones as well, if you think about it, like with that and Saints Row also coming out this year. Yes, absolutely. But I feel like um, I feel like The Godfather really stood out the most because not only did it feel like you were playing The Godfather, it was the fact that they got practically everybody back to voice the characters. There's even a part of the game where Marlon Brando returns as Don Corleone, and just just being able to you know experience this with just to to, to be able to dive into the world of The Godfather, it was so amazing. Uh, all right, Ash. All right, well, let's just get this out of the way. Wii Sports is the most influential title of this year. There's no question. I mean, it ushered in a in a new era of of motion control gaming, and as you guys have already said, it's in nursing homes. It's still being played today. It, it you know you can still <laughs> feel its echoes on the Switch today in games like fitness boxing. You know, they the, the oh yeah, sports had so much enormous impact on the industry and Nintendo themselves. Um, but out, outside of that. In terms of my favorites, this is a weird year for me. 2006 is a a, a a year of extremes for me. So on one hand, you have my second favorite game of all time, Okami, came out this year. And it's still my second favorite game of all time. I cannot say enough wonderful things about this game. Um, and you had one of my most anticipated sequels of all time, Kingdom Hearts 2, which I, I really thought the game turned out well. And I just I was so obsessed with seeing what was going to happen with Kingdom Hearts 2. Um, and also Xenosaga Episode 3. I know this the series is a bit uneven for people, but I, I think Xenosaga 3 is one of my favorite JRPGs ever. On the other hand, this was a year of, of really disappointing Nintendo sequels. You have the first new Super Mario Brothers. Um, you also have Yoshi's Island DS. And I know this is going to ruffle some feathers, but you also have Twilight Princess, which I think is among the mm-hmm. worst 3D Zeldas. Um, now, to be fair, the worst 3D Zeldas are still pretty great games because <laughs> it's Zelda, but... I was disappointed with Twilight Princess. It also um, lays claim to what I think are two of the worst Final Fantasy games ever, being Dirge of Cerberus, that really odd third-person shooter starring Vincent. And yes, I'm going to say it, Final Fantasy XII. Didn't like it then, don't like it now, don't think I'll ever like it. 
Um, wow. But right. yeah, so as I said, this was a, a year of extremes for me. Also, just want to throw out really quickly Dead Rising, because that, that had a decent impact on the industry. And, you know, it gave us Frank West. He's covered wars, you know. You know, I like Dead Rising. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, it was kind of like a big deal, too, back then with Dead Rising because of the fact that it was kind of like touting the fact of like how many like characters that they can have on screen at one time without slowdown. So that was kind of like a big, big claim to fame like back then, I remember. Um, so, Andre. I was anticipating um, Fantasy Star Universe. <laughs> we all were, Andre. Yeah. We all were. <laughs> I was like, what in the hell is this? But, you know, we did get Power Stone Collection at you. Oh, yeah, that's true. PSP, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, Elite Beat Agents was one of my favorites. Elite Beat Agents, yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed Monster Hunter Freedom on the PSP. Mm. Okay. That was, you know, that, that helped me show people what Monster Hunter really is about. Look, Mr. Bubbles, it's an angel. So 2007 was a huge year. Absolutely huge. It started so many franchises. So let's start off with Bioshock. Uh, there's Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare. Uh, you know, there was the uh, first Portal game, the first Assassin's Creed game, the first Mass Effect game, the first Super Mario Galaxy Crisis came out that year. Guitar Hero 3, the first Rock Band game came out that year. Uh, Team Fortress 2 came out that year. The first Uncharted game came out that year. God of War 2. There was also the Orange Box, which I would, uh, which I would argue was like the biggest deal like in gaming back then for sure. Um, so yeah, a lot of, lot of really great games. Um, and also, uh, you know, it's, it's worth mentioning too, Half-Life 2 Episode 2 came out that year, which is like the last Half-Life game that we've gotten until we get Alex, uh, later on. So, uh, for next year, I believe. So, uh, so Robert, oh, actually, no, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll just kind of start off. Uh, so as far as, um, most influential title, oh man, there's like so many like good ones to kind of choose from. I might have to go as far as like influential anyway. I might have to go with Crisis because Crisis kind of became like that meme as far as like if your computer can run Crisis, it can run anything. <laughs> and people kind of still use that as like a benchmark to this day, I feel like. So I think I might go with Crisis as far as like most influential of that year. Uh, my personal favorite, though, God, I mean, you, you know, you, you, you want to talk about being spoiled for riches here. Uh, I mean, I probably have to go with Bioshock, honestly. I'm going to be like a bit of a homer here because Bioshock was made in Massachusetts. So, um, but I do genuinely love the game. I uh, love the people who are behind the game. Um, you know, it's just an amazing, amazing game. I feel like no other Bioshock really has lived up to what that first game has done. Like the first game just had that like perfect balance of like, you know, first person shooter and horror and all that. It was just absolutely amazing in that regard. So yeah, I had to go Bioshock for my favorite. Uh, how about you there, Robert? Uh, you know what? Uh, as far as favorites go, there there's a sleeper hit for me because I have such a personal love for the movies, and that is John Woo's Stranglehold. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is essentially yes. hard-boiled, brought to video game form with Chow Yun-Fat just shooting everybody. Just eff oh it. Melons are gone. I'm shooting <laughs> the environment. It just everything's shot. <laughs> Not that I'm a psychopath, but well, those I mean, melons that's how hard-boiled work. <laughs> that's how hard-boiled work. That's how the killer worked. I mean, this game dialed in the john woo feeling perfectly totally, so totally. it's one of my personal favorites now as far as influential uh or you know games that really made a difference there are several um i'll list just a few here to rattle them off assassin's creed started off the series probably the best way possible before you know it's many sequels and it's many new directions um super mario galaxy brought a new level to the franchise that we kind of needed since Super Mario Sunshine wasn't everybody's cup of tea. 
And Call of Duty for Modern Warfare. I think this was a great evolution of the series. A lot of shocking moments. The nuclear explosion is still one of the most memorable moments in game. That was a huge scene, uh, yeah. As shocking as it is. But if, we, if we're going to talk about a game that really stood out this year, again, I'm going to go with David here. I'm going to say Bioshock. The storytelling alone is a tour de force, but the gameplay was a lot of fun too. But I mean, let's just, all the moments in the storytelling up until you found out exactly what the hell was going on. And, you know, anybody who say to me, would you kindly that year, I was ready to punch in the face. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's that kind of day. I'd be like, no. But, yeah, I I think those games are influential and they still stand out to this day and age. And also a shout-out to Guitar Hero 3 because Neversoft took over for Harmonix when they did Rock Band, which is a great game in its own right and introduced a great multiplayer factor. Guitar Hero 3 introduced some great new jams, uh, it handled the gameplay really well. The DLC was excellent. You know, everything from Journey to Lincoln Park to Trogdor. Mm-hmm. Well, no, Trogdor was too, sorry. But, I mean, just like so many great songs. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of those games stand out. I'm surprised, though, David, you didn't say Portal as one of your favorites. Yeah. Because that was a good one, too. I mean, as I said before, I mean, we were like spoiled for riches in this year. And, uh, you know, so I had to go with Bioshock in this particular case. Right. But, yeah, Portal, Mass Effect 1. I mean, both of those games would have been my favorites for any other year, honestly, if it wasn't for this year. So, yeah. Evan, what you got? Huh, and you're right about 2007. We were so spoiled that year with all those titles. But honestly, um, much as I would say I played mostly like Super Mario Galaxy that year, as for most memorable, you got to go with Portal. I mean, that first-person perspective, the gameplay mechanics, and of course, one of the greatest villains of all time in gaming, Gladys. It was the first time we were introduced to her or it, however you want to... Uh, classify this this evil robot. I mean, don't assume the gender now, Evan. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I, know, I, know, I know, I know, I know, I know. But when I think back of what Portal brought, not just the gaming, but the pop culture as well. Like mm, it was the cake is a lie. <laughs> the cake is a lie. Yes, you couldn't go to any convention between 2007 and probably 2014, probably 2015, without hearing anyone say the cake is a lie uh all right ash all right well um, it's pretty easy for me my favorite game of this year was super mario galaxy i mean it's it's really not even close this game you know super mario 64 defined the 3d platformer genre right and then super mario galaxy went and redefined it 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 redefined what you could what you think could be possible in a 3d platform game with the just brilliant gravity mechanics and the fact that you could run all the way around these planetoids and just as importantly it's one of the only games at least one of the only mainline mario games that truly feels epic and and has an emotional undercurrent to it you know the whole rosalina storybook thing like if you're not crying by the end of that i don't you got a heart of stone like i don't even know (laughs) it's so sad and and you know you're traveling to the center of the galaxy to save peach and this feels like one of mario's most epic chapters you know it just feels more epic than mario ever has so i i have nothing but love for super mario galaxy and i think it's better than that it's sequel on the so, other hand um just 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 ask you real, real quick there um so if there was to ever be well actually i know that there is going to be like a super mario animated movie anyway but if if like an animated movie had to be based on any mario game would it be this one you feel like absolutely not even close that would that would be my personal preference yes and also uh has one of my this year also has one of my least favorite Zelda games, uh, maybe actually my least favorite, which is Phantom Hourglass on the DS. Uh, it was bettered in every way by a sequel, Spirit Tracks. I will defend that game. But Phantom Hourglass, 
did nothing for me, especially that uh, Temple of the Ocean King, I think, where you had to repeat the same floors every time you'd come back to it. So that was really unfortunate. Um, some other highlights, I would say uh, Mario Strikers Charged because it gave Waluigi the one thing he's ever been useful for in his entire existence, which is that <laughs> suck it motion. What are you talking about? <laughs> Waluigi's an absolute treasure. But you know what? That counts for something. Um, I can't believe that ever happened, that they, that made it through. Um, but, it, it, and of course, Uncharted, which, you know, great. I don't think the first one is uh, has aged particularly well, but it's, no, of course, it the series is a huge deal. Um, but, you know, in, in terms of, of influence, I, I, I think I got to go with Super Mario Galaxy. Portal is a really good one, too. But I, there's also another one that I think we've overlooked, and that's Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games. That's mm. the first, that this is the first, uh, the year the, that the first one came out. And I mean, you know, it, it, it's a little different because you consider Smash or whatever, but this was the first ever official team up of, of two of gaming's biggest mascots. You know, this was the kind of thing that back when we were kids, you know, the, the schoolyard chatter, oh, there's never going to be Mario and, you know, who's, who would win? Mario and Sonic, Mario and Sonic. Right. <laughs> they finally did it. And it's not the best game, but it's a, it's a pretty big deal that this was the year Mario and Sonic came together for the first time. Um, this also uh, had a uh, an entry in a my favorite puzzle game series. I don't like puzzle games, but I love Tetris Attack. And Planet Puzzle League came out on the DS this year. And if you've ever played Puzzle League or, or Tetris Attack, you know exactly how good this game was uh, and, and still is. Uh, also, we saw the debut of Pointer Controls with Metroid Prime 3 Corruption, which I thought were a a revelation in terms of how you play not only the Metroid Prime games, but if they were done well, how you would play first-person shooters because the aiming just felt so natural. Um, and also had that cool grappling effect thing that you could throw the nunchuck out and pull like locks off of doors and stuff. So that was really cool. Um, and one more thing, this unfortunately was the year that we got Sonic and the Secret Rings. Uh, you know, not a great <laughs> I don't even know what they're going for with that. Oh, wait, how could I forget? This year, Mega Man Star Force 1 debuted. And last year, I missed it. Mega Man GX. <laughs> so there you go. There you go. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. Uh, Andre. Heavenly Sword. Oh, Heavenly Sword. Yeah. yeah. Crackdown. Mass Effect. Charted. Mario, of course, Mario Galaxy. Uh, I really enjoyed the orange box. I, it was... I got it as it was. It was weird. My buddy was like, "Hey, I bought an extra copy. You want it?" I'm like, "Sure." And I had no <laughs> idea what I was doing. I was like, "Oh my god, this is amazing! What the hell, dude?" Yeah, um, I think it was like twenty bucks when it came out too, and like it had like five games. It was ridiculous. <laughs> I was like, "Dude, are you insane? This is awesome!" Uh, so next one we have is 2008, and uh, 2008 we got Grand Theft Auto 4, uh, Spore, <laughs> Fallout 3, Dead Space, Metal Gear Solid 4, Little Big Planet, uh, Left 4 Dead was a big one. Uh, what else here? Gears of War 2, Super Smash Bros. Brawl came out that year. Braid, Braid was a big one for indie games back then. Uh, and Fable 2, and Burnout Paradise also was very big. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was hard to kind of follow up after 2007, but 2008 has some pretty good ones here. Um, I think, for me, my personal favorite has to go to Fall 3. Uh, Fall 3 I just had, like, a whole lot of fun with, and uh, probably, like, my favorite Fallout game, like, just, just period. Uh, so, you know, I you know, had a lot of fun with that one. As far as most impactful, 
don't know. I mean, Grand Theft Auto 4, I feel like, kind of has to take it, but I was kind of leaning also a little bit towards Metal Gear Solid 4 just because of the fact it really did introduce, like, the idea of having, like, super long cutscenes in games. I'm not sure if that's necessarily a good thing, but it certainly introduced that whole notion. Um, I think I might lean towards Grand Theft Auto 4, honestly, as far as, like, being more impactful because it just kept upping the ante as far as what the Grand Theft Auto franchise, what gaming in general was capable of. Um, you know, as far as like having like these huge open world environments where you can like explore and interact and do all sorts of things. And so it just kind of kept up the, upping the ante. And uh, it was really, really huge when, you know, when it came out in that case. So I think I'll give it give that for the most impactful. Uh, how about you there, Robert? Uh, as far as personal favorite, Burnout Paradise, because it did very well with the franchise and I really enjoyed it. And I'll also give a shout out there to Super Smash Brothers. But if we're going to talk influential, uh, we've got to talk three games. First one is Mario Kart Wii. Uh, opened up a ton of options to players, including the ability to play online. And that was huge. And then different control types. You could do motion with the steering wheel, or you could just say, screw it, I'm playing normal. You know, like a human being. You know, you actually could play Mario Kart DS online. Oh, I know. So I'm just saying with the movie. options with yeah. the Wii, I think it opened up a little more, though. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, in terms of, like, connection and everything. Because I think, yeah, with the, with the previous one, you could. But I think this one really took off with popularity because a lot more people got into it. Uh, and then as far as two titles, uh, you know, first one's Left for Dead. I think this introduced a great factor in co-op. I think it did a great job of getting people together, you know, and I've never heard so many people screaming in my life, don't wake, don't bother the witch. What are you, <laughs> stop it. Don't, what are you doing? Idiot. Urgh. Anyway, <laughs> not saving you. Okay, fine, I'll save you just because I need to survive. And then the second game, this is horribly overlooked commercially wise, but I think a lot of us appreciate it. And I think it stands out in terms of the survival horror genre. And that is dead space. Dead space to me is one of the best games of 2008. It's still one of the best games of this prior generation. Cause it was scary as shit. <laughs> well, it brought back survival horror when Resident Evil seemed to turn away from it. So, yeah, I, I mean, it came in at, like crazy. a perfect time. Like, like the worst deaths could have like this little thing that like a little crawly head thing would come up, <laughs> rip your skull off, rip, rip your head off, and then the put worst. its head on your body and take control of your body. That's no. No. That was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, those are my picks. And that's really messed up. This girl come back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Evan. All right, that's a great, great example. Great picks with Dead Space, and especially with Mario Kart Wii. I had so many friends that I that would come over to my place and play Mario Kart Wii. But for me, 2008 was when the world was introduced to one of the greatest anti-heroes in video game history, and that is Travis Motherfucking Touchdown. Oh, oh yeah. No more heroes. <laughs> <laughs> no more heroes was like one of the coolest mature rated Wii games to ever come out. The di- This was the moment when Suda Goichi, Suda 51 became the Quentin Tarantino of video games. The story <laughs> was bonkers. The gameplay was magnificent. Uh, magnificent, And not to mention, how do you recharge in there? The lightsaber needs power? Wait, what? Imagine if you power up. That's the key. That's what happened to Obi-Wan Kenobi when it was starting to go out. Be like, damn, the batteries. Hang on, let me replace the batteries. But to me, No More Heroes was an amazing introduction to a great world a fantastic anti-hero and not to mention some of the coolest dialogue you'll ever hear in a video game all right uh how about you there ash 
this one's tough. This is kind of an uneven year for me. There's a lot of good stuff, but nothing that super stands out to me. Uh, but I, I want to say that this was this year was the Western debut of uh, what I think is the secret best Nintendo series, which is Rhythm Heaven. We never got the first game here uh, until part of the stuff in Mega Mix, but Rhythm Heaven 2 uh, for DS came out in America this year. And Rhythm Heaven is just, if you played it, you know how phenomenal it is. It's just a fantastically genius series. Um, this is also, remember that time Bioware made a Sonic RPG? For whatever reason. Oh, right. Sonic Chronicles. I forgot about that. Sonic Chronicles, the yeah. Dark Chronicle. Brotherhood. Sonic I Chronicles. remember this. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then uh, um, Rare and Microsoft inflicted heinous crimes on the Baron Bird with Banjo-Kazooie nuts and bolts. Just, I still hate that they did what they did. <laughs> the crime against nature. Game. Oh, it hurts. <laughs> um, this, this also has my favorite 2D Castlevania, I think, of all time, which is uh, Order of Ecclesia. Uh, yep. On the other hand, it also has Castlevania Judgment, so I feel like it kind of even things out there, <laughs> unfortunately. Um Mm, it's close. I, I want to say Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII is close to my favorite because it proved that Square could make a good spinoff or sequel or prequel to FF7. Um, hmm. I hated Mario Kart Wii. I just want to put that out there. I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> next thing you know, you get next thing Because they didn't have Mega favorite. Man in it. That's why. <laughs> if they had Mega Man in Mario Kart Wii. I would say the only the only Mario Kart I dislike more is or just don't, don't really care about is Super Circuit. Like, I hate oh, Mario Super Kart Circuit, Wii. yeah. Um, I of course, you know, I probably am just. I'd have to say Super Smash Brothers Brawl. I'm such a huge Smash guy, obviously, and I know that people look back on it as the worst Smash. I still think it's aged a little better than Melee, uh, and it, you, you, we can't discount how much it sold. It, it sold an insane amount of copies, like mm-hmm. I don't know, seven, like four million, five million. No, I'm not sure, but it was a huge deal at the time. Um, MGS4 kept me up until five a.m. with its stupid. <laughs> <laughs> just smoking cigarettes like, it's gonna get somewhere right just it's let gonna, me play yeah. <laughs> i remember i remember finishing the game at like you know 1 a.m probably and been and you know beating the final boss I'm like okay you know i'm gonna watch the ending it's all gonna be good like 5 a.m is rolling around and this still isn't over and i'm like god damn it kojima you're like i said a psycho you did it once <laughs> again <laughs> taking away my um, life kojima <laughs> i do want to give some credit to burnout paradise being my favorite non-ridge racer arcade racing game or uh, arcadey racing game Ooh. burnout paradise was really good mm, yeah um but i i think in terms of most influential and you guys are going to laugh but it actually isn't just my bias there's there's a reason for this Mega Man 9 came out this year and that mm. was that was the first ever retro neo retro sequel right like no like Mega Man 8 had come out like almost a decade prior people no one was even sure if classic Mega Man was coming out mm-hmm. coming back and then lo and behold we get Mega Man 9 which was a a neo NES game it was designed to be like a modern NES game and as far as i can tell Mega Man 9 was what set off that trend of of other retro style sequels so it really isn't just bias i'm gonna say mega man 9 for me was the most impactful game i mean i know that was like pretty huge honestly because as you said i mean it was like the first time that we saw like a sequel to like an old school franchise in the same old school look in that way and it did kind of set a trend in a way i mean like it certainly set a trend anyway for like mega man like games to come after from like the indie scene so yeah i'm totally with you on that you know what i'm surprised nobody said persona 4 yet because that was a Big entry. <laughs> oh, I had it on my list. Oh, my bad. I mean, it that's, was. That's on sure. my yeah. list. That was on my oh, list. Okay, <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Andre. Favorite games of the year, uh, Left 4 Dead, of course. Fallout 3, Dead Space. No More Heroes 
and uh, Order of Ecclesia were my, those were the games I played most that year. Um, but most impactful game, uh, it's a toss between Metal Gear, 4, Metal Gear Solid 4 and Burnout Paradise. And, you know, just like Dead Space just kind of like broke. Oh, this is what we're this is what we're doing. Okay, okay, yeah. Let's do this. Let's keep let's keep more of this, please. I'll take more. Yeah, of that. this is what we're missing right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. And uh, finally, 2009. We're here. Uh, so 2009 was also a pretty big year. Honestly, we had Batman: Arkham Asylum, Call of Duty: Modern Warfare 2, Uncharted 2, Assassin's Creed 2, Left 4 Dead 2, <laughs> Borderlands. The first Borderlands game came out. Uh, Ghostbusters, the video game, which is essentially Ghostbusters 3, if you think about it, with the uh, you know with, with the way the script is. Uh, Minecraft. Minecraft uh, would absolutely be like my pick anyway for most influential game. I don't think there's any real argument against that, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, Dragon Age Origins came out that year. Infamous came out that year. Halo Three ODST. Brutal Legend was an uh, was was an underrated classic there. Um, and I also have to give some shout outs here to to uh, Bayonetta and uh, what else did I see there? Uh, Bayonetta and Shadow Complex, yeah, and Shadow also. Complex. And also one of the best, um, mo- like movie to game, um, uh, like like one of the best movie to game translations that's ever been done. I feel like is X Men Origins Wolverine. Yes, um, that game is absolutely phenomenal, especially when you think about like how it is like in comparison to the movie it's based on. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just like n- night and day, really. So it's just really really amazing and d- definitely worth mentioning here. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like, again, I'll, I'll mention like Minecraft as being like the most influential title for this year, but I think as far as like my personal favorite, it has to go to Arkham Asylum. I'm a huge Batman fan. Um, and this was just basically like a 3D Metroidvania, uh, the way that this played out. Um, whereas like Arkham City kind of like went, went more kind of like open area ish, sort of like in its gameplay design. Um, but with like Arkham Asylum, it really did kind of like made you feel like you were trapped in this asylum and you had to kind of keep going back and forth with like new powers and all that stuff. So it was really, really amazing and really cool to see like a new Batman game done in this style and done super, super well. Not so to mention, to it made you feel like Batman. Like, you know, any other game, I don't think I've ever felt like Batman like this since Batman Returns on the Super Nintendo. That's how cool a Batman game this was. I would agree with that, yeah. Um, as far as personal favorites, Muramasa the Demon Blade on Wii was Ooh, an wow, excellent game. Go. Very well done by VanillaWare. Where is my Switch port? Damn it. Um, <laughs> also, a shout out to Ghostbusters, the video game. This was really well done. This is how you do a movie game. You get the full cast together, including the late Harold Ramis, and you get them to write the script, and then you get all sorts of fun gameplay going in there. They even brought back William Atherton's lawyer, uh, that dick, you know, whatever his name was. Rick, um, Rick Moranis, you mean? No, 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 the lawyer. William, uh, the guy who, who arrested oh, oh, the Ghostbusters. Oh, right. Yeah, they didn't bring right, back Rick right. Moranis. He's still kind of retired. But it, they brought in pretty much almost everybody else. And I thought it was really good. But then you had Ratchet and Clank Future, a crack in time. One of the best games in the series. Really well done. Uh, agree with you on Brutal Legend, although I didn't like the way it turned into RTS. It's still fun. Red Faction Gorilla, One of the best Grand Theft Auto style games out there. Still amazing and everything like that. And Dragon Age Origins. You know, shout out to Dragon Age. This was the evolution of Dragon Age as we knew it before it became a Dragon Age Inquisition on that. So it was really well done. As far as the games that stand out, the influential ones, uh, I'm going to point out three. Um, first one is Plants vs. Zombies, which did really well on the mobile front and did really yeah, well revolutioning the genre. Um, the second one is Uncharted 2, which really went above what I think the original had to offer. And 
Left 4 Dead 2. I think, you know, as soon as it was to come out for the first Left 4 Dead, it still attracted a big crowd. It still pushed the series forward in all the right ways. But, I mean, like you said there, David, I mean, Batman Arkham Asylum is legendary. And also, I got to give a shout out to the plot twist in Modern Warfare 2. I did not. The betrayal from that mm. game pissed me off. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it led to a satisfactory ending. So, yeah, I'm mean, just a lot happened in 2009 so yeah so nothing for minecraft or most influential or anything uh, i'm not a minecraft guy but i mean it's i mean you don't have to be but i mean but i'm saying like objectively it yeah. is like the most like influential game of this year i don't think there's really any argument behind it honestly because like people still play it to this day and it's still super super popular yeah, to, to, but to, then to again day, it know? was created by notch and we all know what notch kind of became but it is an influential game after all these years and it's still incredibly popular i mean how many copies is it selling consoles like 250 million on consoles and like ugh. No, no, not that many. Just overall, probably. But yeah, it's oh yeah, absolutely, yeah, nuts. But yeah, I mean, I, I knew you were going to give Minecraft a shout out, so I'm just giving a shout out to the other games you kind of missed. And of course, I got to give love to Batman. All right, fair enough. Uh, so Evan, all right. So a lot of great choices you've mentioned so far for for games of 2009. I could agree with just about all of them, but I want to talk about two video games that I feel actually drove me back to become a gamer. Because here's here's the truth. Between 2006 and 2008, for me, I practically stopped playing video games. Most of the games that we talked about for those two years, I didn't play until 2009 because I was more focused on college and studying and all that. So unfortunately, I, was, I wasn't that much of a gamer between those years. But there were two video games that not only made me want to become a gamer again, but it made me buy the Nintendo Wii. And they were both titled from Sega, and they both demonstrated how amazing mature-rated titles could be on a Nintendo console. The first one, Mad World. This yep. uh, yeah. Sin City-styled world where you just beat the shit out of monsters and baddies. Not to mention you have great proops. And, uh, oh, what's his name? The guy who voices Bender from Futurama. I can't believe I'm bl- blanking on his name. Help me out here. Help me out here. What's his uh, name? Oh, I met I, I know who you're talking about. You're, you're talking about Don Gimaggio. John DiMaggio. Yes. John DiMaggio. Yeah, DiMaggio. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I met him. He's acting, amazing. Yeah, both of them acting as commentators as you are beating everybody up. Hilarious commentary, mind you. Not The graphics were beyond beautiful and awesome. Despite it being, like, black and white with the red and all the blood. Mm-hmm. Ugh, one of the most exciting games to uh to just grab hold of me and that was one of the one of the main reasons why i i wound up buying a nintendo wii i mean if we were to see like a sin city game i mean this is what what it would look like honestly yeah absolutely and then the second game of course was a return to the uh return to some arcade style shooters with a whole lot of vulgarity thrown into it i'm talking of course about the house of the dead overkill oh yeah, yeah. that game <laughs> goofy b-movie classic stuff i mean like totally like the you know the one dude's dialogue is like every third word is motherfucker right, right. motherfucking balls off i'm gonna rip your motherfucking balls off <laughs> yeah so are you <laughs> going to rip my motherfucking balls off is that what yeah. you're <laughs> I have a feeling you're about to rip my motherfucking balls off. I don't know why. Call it psychic intuition, but I think you're going to rip my motherfucking balls off. I do declare, sir. I believe you're about to rip my motherfucking balls off. And he ripped his motherfucking balls off. But that really brought back my love of rail shooters. Uh, Before Darkseid Chronicles would come out, like, 
I think that was probably later on in that year, which was a ver- another underrated Resident Evil uh, video game. Just that game, House of the Dead Overkill, another title that I had so many friends come over to play, marathon through it from start to finish, laughing our asses off while killing zombies. What more can you ask for other than a goddamn sequel? Come on, Sega. We want a <laughs> sequel to that. Totally. Totally. All right, Ash. Uh, to big to piggyback off of that, I also think House of the Dead Overkill is still the only game to the to date that uh, ends with the final boss being birthed from a giant demon vagina and then crawling back in. <laughs> that is true. That is true. After being defeated, wow. so, it was very. I didn't want to put that out. Very there. very trauma esque. Totally. Uh, it was very strange. Um, this is also weird. Remember, this is the year that Ninja Turtles attempted a Smash clone in TMNT Smash Up. Oh, oh I didn't ever play right. That. But it's weird that it ever happened, right? Yeah, it's that was the thing so that happened. Yeah, I forgot, I forgot about that. that. This was even See, I thought you were going to talk about New Super Mario yeah. Brothers Wii before you talked about that one. <laughs> no, I, well, I just I wanted to get that out of the way. New Super Mario Brothers Wii, I think, is still one of the best games in the new series. But again, that's not really saying much because I feel like the new Super Mario Brothers games just feel so generic. Hmm. They feel so just focus tested and off the assembly line you know like you can get similar theme stages from like all four games and they look almost the same Mm -hmm. background wise it's like it's it's silly um but i do think it's probably the best of those four games now in terms of most influential game you said minecraft david which i you know that's it's very hard to argue against it does suck that it was created by notch who turned out to be a scumbag but i do think that there's another game that could maybe possibly rival it rival it and that's angry birds Angry Birds came out oh, this year. Oh, did it? And I don't, care right. I don't give a damn about Angry Birds, but you can't undersell its impact on mobile games. No, totally, right? yeah. And gaming. Yeah, some people can't poop um, without getting three stars on Angry Birds now. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, this along with Plants vs. Zombies, I mean, this was basically the year of mobile gaming, pretty much, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Uh, actually, one of my favorite games, maybe not my favorite, but one of my favorite games from this year was Zelda Spirit Tracks, which gets way too slept on because of how crappy Phantom Hourglass was. And Spirit Tracks improves on that in every way, especially story. So if you skipped over it, try it. Trust me. Um, oh, man. There's one more impactful game I want to mention, and it's it obviously isn't as impactful as Minecraft. But I do want to give Resident Evil 5 a shout out for being one of the first ever games that I can think of to feature a woman of color in, in the main cast, she gets equal billing with Chris. And of course I'm Chris. I'm of course, I'm talking about Sheva uh, Alomar, who I still want to see come back in a future resident evil title. Mm, but yep. you know, prior to that, you didn't ever see, uh, you know, women of color get the main billing in, in games like that. So I thought that was really cool of Capcom to really get to just do that. Um, Street Fighter 4 was also influential because it brought back Street Fighter yes. after years and years. That's a good call. That's a good call. Yeah, Street Fighter 4 is huge, and it was a great game besides. However, um, oh yeah, Klonoa Remake on Wii. That came out this year, and it was fine, but I just, I love Klonoa, so I wanted to put that out there. But my favorite game of the year is pretty easily Uncharted 2. Mm, um, yeah. it, it remains one of the best action games of all time. That train it, scene, I mean, come on, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, God, that the was train amazing. sequence, just even the the opening where you know you kind of begins in uh, in media res where you're you know you're he's nathan drake is hanging from this train off of a snowy cliff and you're like what happened yeah. how did you get here <laughs> and it's just funny it story <laughs> exactly like it may be the most well-paced action game of all time totally. the pacing in that game is stupid how good it is. <laughs> it's um, stupidly good it's just stupid how good it is and also um <laughs> 
one, one, one more thing. On the Square side, we had both the first ever Final Fantasy crossover in Dissidia. Oh, that yeah. came out this year. Uh, and just because I want to say this, we also had Kingdom Hearts 358 over two days, which, of course, is just <clears throat> Square being Square with their naming scheme. Right. I just wanted to say that. <laughs> I've got a feeling we're going to get Kingdom Hearts 3.69 Dwarf... Uh, Pickle pie, pumpkin, whatever. <laughs> they're going to name it that. I mean, I'm just guessing here, but it'll probably be something trombone granola bar. Yeah, world premiere. Let's go. <laughs> With a Bob's Burgers world now that Fox is owned by them. Right, yeah. yeah. All right, Andre, take us home. All right. My favorites this year, Bayonetta, Demon's Souls, X-Men Origin Wolverine, Arkham Asylum, Borderlands, Prototype, Blood on the Sand, Robert Workman. Of Are course. Blood on the Sand. Yeah, I need to find my mother. Are you serious? I need to find my motherfucking... Uh, no. I thought that was 2010. Are you... I thought it was motherfucking... 2009 2000... was the motherfucking year. Uh, yeah. yeah, I need to find my mother... Help me find my motherfucking skull, Andre. <laughs> the Rebirth series on We Wear. Come on, guys. Oh, that's right. Contra, Castlevania, and Gradius. Uh, the one we didn't get anymore. Oh, Konami, God. I'm talking to you. Okay, so I'm almost done. Killzone 2, Dishwasher Dead Samurai, Explosion Man, Raiden 5, Little Big Planet. Really? Wow. It was a big year for you. Yeah, big. I mean, I'm surprised you're still here with all the social stuff you missed. <laughs> um, <laughs> just two, two more quick shout-outs. We need a Switch port of Punch-Out, because that's Next Level Games, and they did an amazing job with that game. But did that come out in 2009 also? Yeah, that was 2009 also. And it was wow, okay. really good. About it that. did a nice job bringing the series to a whole new light. And here's totally. another one. This kind of came out of left field because nobody asked for it, but it was still influential in terms of bringing classic artists to a new light, and that's the Beatles rock band. Um, this was a chapter which is focused entirely on the Beatles, had an art style based on the Beatles. They even brought out like Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr at the Xbox press conference. I feel like, like that's what this game is most known for, though, is having that <laughs> moment. Yeah, you know? I mean, it's more about the hype than the actual game itself, but it was just totally. incredible how they were able to find a deal. I mean, eventually doomed the series, sadly, but I mean, how often do we get something where like something from the past is so celebrated in the here and now in such an interactive way? I mean, was that like the first time really that they were reunited? like in that case like with having like the Beatles like back together like in a you know on like a public stage nah they've done it in the well I mean they, okay. they also brought out I believe they also brought out the widows uh, like Yoko Ono and George Harrison's wife as well right I think they yeah. all reunited like but yeah beforehand like Paul and Ringo teamed up for gigs like I think almost all the time well not all the time but enough pretty much almost at least once yeah a year I mean it brought this. in mad, mad money so why not sure totally but totally. I'm just I think it's an important game even though it eventually like i said doom the rock band franchise it was still an amazing experiment that nobody does anymore there is one more thing i want to mention that i forgot i i hate and have a personal vendetta against demon souls i don't care how good the actual game is it has nothing to do with the actual game i'm a copy editor among other things i that apostrophe keeps me up. oh yeah which demon's soul are we talking about here where is it? It's not the. It's the wrong possessive. I hate that <laughs> just for that one reason. That's so great. And I had to get. It's that a out. Japanese developer. Give him some slack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you. If Mega Man had been a boss in it, complete one eighty. You know, it would have been. You would. Oh, I love this game. It's so good. You get to take on the Mega. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> no, I think it would actually make me angrier because I love Mega Man already. That they did like you know Mega Man Souls wrong apostrophe. Mega Man Souls me totally. Yeah. You know, Capcom. <laughs> like the Yellow found... Devil, like back in there. You know? I, I, I think we found Capcom is the next Monster Hunter game. That's it. <laughs> just, oh, there you go. Mega there Man bosses, go. do it up. I hope you're listening. Uh, so, all right. So, just uh, just kind of like clean all this up here. Um, strongest year is it safe to say it's 2007? 
2007 without question. 2007, although 2009 is a close second. 2009 was really good too, for sure. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. but 2009 is a close second, yeah. very much. For sure. So yeah. it was 2000. Straight up, 2000 is one of the. 2000 best. was good too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I mean, also there was like a lot of good years like through, throughout that decade, and um, yeah, it's, it's just it's just really cool to kind of look back on it now that this that this decade is considered retro, at least to me anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry. Right, so thanks guys for uh, you know for like joining on the show. Like, definitely went on longer than I thought it would, but uh, I, I do I do appreciate like this is a, this is a very very long mini episode. Yeah, yeah, it's the longest mini I think that we have. Mini. Yeah. Um, so let's go like same order here. Uh, so Evan, Ash, and then Andre, uh, where can people go in order to find you online? Okay. So first of all, thank you once again to Artcast for having me on the show. And for you listeners, if you want to check out my stuff for the recent news, reviews, podcasts, episodes, and videos featuring members of the Boston Bash Brigade, you can find us at www.b3crew.com. If any questions, comments, or if you're in a band and want to be featured on the No Borders, No Race podcast show, you can write to us at thebastards at bostonbastardbrigade.com. You can follow me on Twitter on the J-Pop Video Games and Anime Amino and on Instagram at kingdaby.esh and on Tumblr at b3crew.tumblr.com. Like us on facebook.com slash bostonbastardbrigade and facebook.com slash landavash. And don't forget about all the other sites under the landavash, including Electric Sisterhood, Phil's Recap and Review, and Smash Rock and if since this is going up uh, in the first week of January, I will say for you to stay tuned on the Boston Bash Brigade site for our top 10 world albums of 2019 with my good buddy AFLM of Wicked Anime. Holy crap, what a year for music this has been! Nice, nice. All right, Ash. Uh, well, you, of course, you can find me at uh, Game Explain. That's youtube.com slash Game Explain. We are known as the de facto uh, YouTube source for everything Nintendo, but we're also, we've been making a concerted effort recently to branch out to other platforms because the vast majority of people on the team are platform agnostic, but we, of course we do love Nintendo. So uh, yeah, I'm one of the Game Explained crew. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at Ash Paulson. That's just my name, A-S-H-P-A-U-L-S-E-N. And, uh, you know, follow me if you want cool discussion about video games and uh, especially video Mega game Man. music and, and Mega Man and, and dogs and, and food and all sorts of fun stuff. Um, I also am a patron of the charity Safe in Our World, which seeks to uh, raise awareness about mental health issues in uh, the gaming space. So uh, check out safeinourworld.org if you if that is important to you. Uh, and you can also find me at uh, Geektainment t- uh, sorry Geektainment TV. Um, just go to yeah, like geektainment.tv where every I'm doing various things, but every Friday we record a show called Geektainment Weekly, which is basically the Week in Geek. Uh, I am part of a panel of uh, coworkers who talk about everything in the Week in Geek: movies, the MCU, superheroes, anime, video games, TV, all that stuff. So you can find me in a few different places. And uh, thanks once again for having me here. Absolutely, yeah. Okay, Andre, you can catch me catch all of our stuff at realtalkogamer.com. Uh, you can catch me on Twitter at new at, at, at new Otaku man five thousand Twitter. Uh, every, I'm new. I'm a Taco Man five thousand everywhere. But I appreciate you guys. Um, yeah, just man, just you know, check me out if you want to. I'm I'm a pretty decent dude. Yeah, I think so too. Check me out. I'm okay. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I, I try. Yeah, I'm pretty I decent. Try, yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> get that year supply of Kentucky Fried Chicken. You know. There you go. Yeah, and the Shaq memes too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, don't forget, he's Don Pardo's legitimate son. He'll be on the thing this summer. But you know, we got to bring Shaq back. Shaq. Yeah. <laughs> Shaq 2020. Terrible. Let's do it. Got the campaign trail. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> Stop it. Terrible. Ter- Terrible. 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 Yeah. Terrible. Terrible. There you go. And uh, if you want to find the Arcast on Twitter, we are at Arc Podcast. Same thing with Facebook. Facebook.com slash Arc Podcast. And you can find me on Twitter at The Guilty Man. Follow me on Twitter at Twitter.com slash The DCD. You can also check out my work at GamePer.com, PCInvasion.com, and MMOGames.com. And if you'd like to send us any feedback, opinions, retro games, or topics for us to cover, or anything at all, really, you can email us at argcast at retrozap.com. And be sure to check out retrozap.com for all sorts of other amazing podcasts. It's your home away from home if you're crazy about Star Wars, Animaniacs, or pop culture in general. There's also us with Ardcast, so be sure to find us on iTunes to subscribe, give us five stars, and tell your neighbors. We're also on Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play Music, so there's absolutely no reason to not follow another retro gaming podcast. All right, and that's episode 33 in the books. Until next time, keep it retro, and remember, if your game does not have a Mega Man on the Game of the Year list, you're doing your year wrong! Ah! (laughs) (laughs) Ash wants nothing to do with you, if that's the case. It's the wrong year! No, careful, I think the DCD is about to rip your motherfucking balls off. Your motherfucking balls are mine! (laughs) Mega Man overkill, I think, yeah, in this case. This this is how we start 2020, guys. (laughs) Just wait. Yeah. We will see you next time. Catch you later. Hi, this is John J.P. Podlasic of Game Dev Advice. I'm a 30-year veteran of the game development industry and have a podcast where I interview artists, animators, programmers, designers, CEOs, and all different types of people that work in the game development industry. Whether you're an aspiring or an experienced game developer, you'll find useful, thought-provoking, and sometimes funny advice on the podcast. So check it out. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.